millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So here we are then, another episode of the A to Z of the 90s. Andy Bush here and uh, my partner in crime, Louise Maloney, attempting attempting some of the, you know, people at the very beginning were saying, I don't know if you can do this, how are you going to sustain it? I think we're sustaining it so far, we're trying to chronicle uh, every iconic thing about the 1990s in alphabetical order, and then a couple of days after each podcast is released, get a load of abuse from people for getting stuff, but there's only a limited time. But thank you to everyone who sends stuff in. Louise, how are you doing? How, how's your week been? I'm good, I enjoy the abuse, Bush. They really, yeah, they give it to us and I'm like, yeah, okay, I feel their passion. I like it. And there are a few like, oh yeah, we probably should have like, we yeah. probably should have included that. But you're right. We only have a limited amount of time. Um, okay. I, I should, we should have put Euro 96 in. All right. I want to put my hands in the air. Obviously this episode's F. Should have put Euro 96 in. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I think I maybe talked a bit of football stuff earlier on in the podcast and seen you glaze over at me. And, and then maybe that's <laughs> lessened my confidence. Well, the thing is, I was going to say there's no one to blame but you on the Euro in the Euro stuff because I was never going to bring that stuff up. No, it is 100% on me. So, uh, yeah, just at Bush on the radio on Twitter, just have a pop as if you might come up and start on someone in a pub. But what have you been doing this week then, Louise? What have you been doing? Have you ever been to like an immersive experience? Do you know, uh, do you know Goodis- what it is? Goodison Park, Everton Football Club. That's <laughs> about as much as it is. An immersive, uh, a season-long nightmare. Okay, well, look, this is a little bit different to that in that, like, I've been trying to go to these immersive experiences because basically I don't think I'm going to live in London forever and ever and ever and ever, right? So I right. thought, okay, I better do some London, you know, London-y stuff while I live here, right? So I have some so The stories. stuff I see other people doing on Instagram that and I just judge. think, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm at home. Totally, right? So an immersive experience is when you are sort of thrust into the actual thing, whether it's an exhibition or a play or whatever, and you are mm. kind of part of that. So... Um, I, can I just say, can I just say, before you tell me what it is, I kind of already hate it. I know you it's do. Fine. You've even you've even changed your body language towards me, Bush, I noticed as I, I started I to I just feel a bit angry. This. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm ready to attack. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's probably going to get worse for you because I went to this thing. Now, it's called Punch Drunk, right? And right. it's basically a theatre company. And they oh. rent out a warehouse, okay? Oh, and they have... I'm act- sensing East London... <laughs> it is uh, in East London. Floppy heads, like 20-something <laughs> actor guy types with like uh, check shirts on, stuff like that. Well, it's probably worse than that because there's like actors in each room, right? So you go in and you have to wear a mask, Okay, you have to wear like not a face mask, like a full on, like a scream mask, basically. You know, a mask that you pull over your head. So it's not like we've had enough of masks over the past two years. We're paid to go and do it in a room. And they made you wear a COVID mask underneath that, which is insane. But anyway, so you go in. I'm having a panic attack even thinking about it. (laughs) Oh my god, Bush! It's so hot in there as well. Like it is so hot. There's no natural light (laughs) and there's no aircon. So you go into this warehouse, you pull on your mask, and there's like blaring music, and the theme is like Greek tragedy. So in each room, there's a play going on, okay? And the actors move from room to room and sometimes they can take your hand. So the only people not wearing masks are the actors. Everyone who's going to see it is wearing a mask and looks very hot and sweaty and a little bit freaked out. So an actor can come up to you and take your hand and lead you into a different room and then bring you to a different part of the play. They encourage you to not stay with the people you've come with and to split up for the full three. It's three hours. Are you sure this isn't a sex party? It sounds like a sex party. (laughs) It it essentially sounds like swinging. I left feeling very unsatisfied, so I don't think it was. Oh, it is a sex party. (laughs) A couple of times I've been down there, and this is not much doing. Just get back in the car and head home. (laughs) You can't get your money back or anything. I know. And you've got to get your key out of the bowl. It's a nightmare. (laughs) All keys look the same these days. Do you know what I mean? It's a nightmare. So that was my experience. And again, I think it might have taught me a lesson not to like, not to lean into these Londony things because I end up spending a fortune and I'm not even going to tell you how much I paid for the tickets, right? I think I need to stop. You do need to stop. I mean, any form of interactive stuff, I absolutely hate. I, like, I like going to like historical things like the, the Yorvik Centre or whatever in, in York and all that kind of thing. But when they've got, and I don't mean this in a bad way because I know people are just trying to earn a living, but when they've got people who are like dressed up as stuff from the olden days, yeah. and then they talk to you in character I just think oh come on mate like we I remember I don't know if anyone's listening to this been to Edinburgh there's that that street that they found in Edinburgh that was like perfectly preserved from like hundreds and hundreds of years ago it's called Mary Mary King Street or mm. something like that but we had to endure these blokes dressed in kilts going that going on about like uh, bodies were thrown into the lock and I was just like oh, get lost but you know Makes that's huge now, Bush. Like, you know these situations where you go, you dress up in medieval times and they put on fake battles and everything. And then they eat all the food from back in the day. Like, that's like that. gaining like, popularity. Like yeah, well, we, we used to have a... Uh, a um, there's not a lot to entertain us in Torquay. Grew up in Torquay in Devon, yes. There's not, not much stuff. But we did have one restaurant called Camelot where you would go, dress in medieval garb, drink out of tankards... Uh, there was no fighting or, or uh, pugil sticks or anything, which I think that would have been taken it to the next level if that's what you're talking about. But um, I do, I do like that. But I don't like thesps or, or struggling actors dressed up as the olden days. So it goes back to the world's worst school trip ever went on. Oh, Mowellum Key, right. Mowellum Key down in I think it was Cornwall or Devon. Um, I was like ten years old. Really hot day. Travelled ages on the bus to get down there. My friend Nicholas Attell drank a can of Coke at the service station, I think Taunton Dean Services, and got stung in the roof of the mouth by a bee. So it already set the tone for a terrible <laughs> a terrible day trip. And then um, we just had to watch people people dressed in medieval gear making a barrel. And I swear to God, it was one of the worst days of my life. So I think it stems from then. And I think that's fair enough. I feel like you are traumatised from that. But I have a, a proposition for you. 
Right. Shall we go to this place where you drink out of tankards and you dress up a medieval place, the one that you are okay with? Where, where was, yes. that? What was that called, Bush? Camelot in Torquay. Shall we go and do a 90s podcast record from there? Oh, that'd be good, because we very much have just been, you know, meeting up, recording, that kind of thing. We've never really taken this baby on the road yet, have we? Do you know what I mean? Let's heal your wounds, Bush. Let's heal your wounds and go and do that. Well, this this is a great idea. If anyone's listening to this and you have any other ideas of where we can go and record this, because, you know, the tech now is so portable, whether it's medieval or anywhere, get in touch with us. Drop me a little tweet, at Bush on the radio. We better get on with it, though, Lomo. Let's do this. Time to go back through time in the A to Z of the 90s. This is Stuff Beginning With F. Okay, in the A to Z of the 1990s, the first thing I want to put forward, the beginning with F, and I don't know whether you've heard of this before, given that you grew up in, um, like, somewhere that I am imagine looks a bit like Hobbiton in, in Ireland, like a windswept hill, slightly Teletubby-esque. You've upgraded me, Bush, because you used to say that my upbringing sounded like Angela's ashes. So at least yeah, you've gone well, from that to the Shire. Like. That's a good point. It was a lot of snotty noses, grubby faces, playing in alleyways with those hoops and sticks. That's, that, that's what I imagine when I think of a Louise Maloney upbringing but um, I wanted to put forward Fat Willie's surf shack clothing did that make it over to Ireland what Fat Willie uh, yeah. surf shack clothing so there was a place in Paynton again going back to the whole Torquay painting thing right and I think they had one a shop in Torquay but uh, for a big chunk of the 1990s it was all the rage and this included uh, beachwear that had global hy- hypercolour okay. going on as well right so um, but it was just bright colours lots of tie-dye and it was Fat Willie's Surf Shack and I do believe that they had a sister shop called Fat Fanny <laughs> But at the, at the time, I didn't even think about it. But as time has gone on... Does it make more Fanny sense to you now? It does seem to have made more sense to me. Maybe it's a bit of an epiphany there. But uh, it was all the rage in... Uh, was it was there like a clothing thing that was all the rage for you back in the day that people, everyone was wearing? Well, no, I don't remember Fat Willie's surf clothing company. Now, can I ask you, was this British? <laughs> yeah, I think it was native to Devon. Okay. They were oh, a Devon, it was a Devon company. Thing. Oh, that makes more sense. But because... I don't know if they're still going. They might not still be going. That might, they might, that might be done and dusted now. For Bush, I hope Fat they're Willy still Sergio. going. It was so good. I, I reckon, you know, the way fashion goes around and comes back in, a lot of 90s stuff Coming is back now in. back in fashion, isn't it? I, I reckon if I went, and got down, went down to Torquay, if it was still going, get myself some sliders, a pair of day glow shorts, and a tie dye or glo- global hypercolour. Fat Willie Surf Shack t-shirt. I'd be straight. I'd look like someone out of East London. So go on. Were all the cool kids wearing this stuff? And were they like the three-quarter length sort of surf shorts? Is that what they were? Is that what they were all about? They were quite big, quite big shorts. I mean, this was this was kind of an era where, like, my dad had a couple of those shirts. So my dad, okay. uh, Nigel, big fan of Triple uh, XL Day Glow Fruit of the Loom t-shirts. Anyone else's dad into that kind of stuff? The, the days of looking fashionable totally gone. Big old t-shirts and multi-pack buys. So it was that kind of era. But I think nowadays, maybe if it's a bit more fitted, it would actually look all the rage. Well, I, I can't believe you mentioned Nigel. Without, I, I'm going to ask you not to mention Nigel because you know he makes me hot under the collar. Louise, this is my dad you're talking about here. This, know, is, this is my 72-year-old dad. You know I have a crush on your dad. What is it about my dad specifically that gets you hot under the collar? Well... What isn't he a bit of a hero? Like, didn't he? Like, do you remember we did the board cast, the board game uh, podcast together? And you told yeah. many a story about Nigel on that podcast. And by the end of that podcast, I was in awe of him and a little bit like, you know, I lost after Nigel. I can't help it. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, he. I, mean, I do remember us being trapped outside of a flat once that we'd rented as a, like for a lads' night, and we'd locked the keys in there. My dad turned up. 
used his credit cards to get the door open. Which, uh, when, you're, when you're trying to play down Liverpool routes to your friends because they always take the mickey out of you, that didn't really help the whole crime thing, do you know what I mean? But he's, he, can, he can break into a house. And is, good on doesn't him. he have quite de- good detective skills as well? Yes, he, uh, he was doing some... <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to describe this, but uh, in a, it was trying to get a bit of uh, money that I was owed from a previous relationship, shall we say. And my dad did some amazing detective work to the point where one of my friends called him Petrocelli because <laughs> he was in and out of the records office in London. Although um, got ejected because he'd forgotten that he had his fishing knife in his pocket of his coat, set all the uh, alarms off and they thought he was some kind of like baddie up to do something. So he had to explain. They, I think they confiscated his knife. I think he had his knife confiscated. And you're asking me what I have a crush on him? That's a good point. Like, come I mean, on. I'm, like, what a babe. I'm fancying him. Even thinking myself. Big up, Nigel. But there you go, in the A to Z of the 90s, F is for Fat Willie Surfshack. Lomo, hit us. Okay, so it would be really weird if I didn't mention this TV programme that came about in 1995, went on for three years. And this is the programme, Bush, that when maybe I've had a too many white wines on a Friday night and I wake up on a right. Saturday and I have what they call the fear, I get the fear quite bad, you see. which is Sweaty and scared. Sweaty and scared and like... What like questioning every decision I've ever made in my life, right? What's led me to this point, this shameful point? And um, there's one program I can put on, and it makes me feel better, and Ooh. that is Father Ted. Now that is so weird. I've never seen an episode of Father Ted in my life. Gosh, you're joking me. Never seen it. Okay. Father Ted came about in 1995, um, was written by uh, Graham Linehan and Arthur, I can't remember Arthur's second name. Actually, he's a good friend of Mel Gedroich. And uh-huh. they wrote this uh, series together about three priests that had been misbehaving and they were sent to this island called Craggy Island, right? It's just the three of them okay. sent to this island. Madness ensues. They also have this housekeeper. I can't believe I have to explain this. I know it's weird. It's a gen- I don't want to make it sound like there's a 15 years between us, but sometimes <laughs> even just a couple of years in in age, even though there's not that, there's more than that. But uh, you can miss, you can completely miss out on the stuff that people would have been sitting in with their parents watching on a Friday or Saturday night. Totally, you know I mean? totally. But I do think Father Ted was one of the things that was kind of cult following it, and because it lived on Channel Four or Four OD for so long, it's all yeah. there to catch up on whenever you want. And you're right, it was a Friday night staple. I think it was Friday eight o'clock that it came on and it was just absolutely brilliant um and it has been rated as one of the top sitcoms of the 1990s so if you have anxiety one day after a couple of points uh-huh. now you know what you're going to do so it's worth checking out you reckon bush it's unbelievable it's sort of like laugh out loud stuff so picture this right it's 1996 say and we're sitting down in ireland watching it on channel four and it's, it's taking on topics that are absolutely outrageous. Now, there was an urban myth that RTE didn't pick it up because it was too outrageous, but that's actually not true. They went to Channel 4 first and foremost because they sort of knew RTE wouldn't touch it. And it became one of the biggest programmes in Ireland in the 1990s. Obviously, you know, Catholic Ireland has a lot of connotations and it's three priests acting so incredibly inappropriately it was just there was nothing like it at the time and it is absolutely wonderful so i mean because obviously i mean i went to like a catholic school and uh, it turned out that our priest was acting incredibly inappropriately so was this before or after all the big scandals that during, had come out about the during was it after, during so it must have been like over there during. it was completely because i mean obviously there was inappropriate behavior going on for years and years decades and decades that we didn't know about that sort of all started coming out in the 90s and that's when father ted wow. came out but it was just unbelievable there was a guy called dermot morgan right he played father ted he he was the heart and soul of the programme. Unbelievable. He was a young guy filming it in his filming it in his early 40s. And he was 45 when the programme wrapped, right? And he died the next day 
after the series ended at 45 years old of Arshtag. And that was huge news in Ireland back in the 90s. Well, do you remember, obviously, we're both good friends with the lovely Mel Gedroy. She yeah. she told us that they were at the rap party. Yes. He felt like he had a, like a sore leg or he, something like that. He when he got a well. massage. He was like, he, he maybe it was acid reflux or something. He went into his bedroom and his sister said, no, 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 you're fine. Come back down. You're grand. And he dropped dead at the dinner party at the rap party. Oh, man. Isn't that incredible? It is awful. It is awful. But uh, no, it does sound like it is a legendary, legendary thing. But, you know, just going back to the our, our priest that was up to no good. Do you know what they did? They didn't get the police involved. They shipped him they off to Ireland. Him. They moved him. Now, how bad, Isn't was that this, awful? how bad was this priest? Are we talking like, are we talking about the like worst, fiddling? The worst of all. Yeah, oh, that bush. stuff. Bush, bush, bush. I know. I'd be like, you know, this is this is a podcast that deals with uh, the ups and downs of the entire decade. And that was definitely a down. But Father Ted sounds like an up. Definitely. And it was also the programme that introduced me to Graham Norton. We love Graham Norton over here in the UK. He did an episode where they went away to a caravan and Graham Norton arrived and his character, if you've watched Father Ted, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's it's all on 4OD. Father Ted, one of the best programmes of the 1990s. So the other week there was, uh, what was the thing about Philadelphia, which everyone was kicking me in the head because I'd never seen? Oh yeah, so my fa- one of my favourite programmes on Netflix is called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's right, 15, it. 15 seasons long, about three oh, guys my. and a girl who work in a pub in Philadelphia. It's actually an Irish pub, it's called Paddy's Pub. And um, it's just the funny, one of the funniest programmes I've ever seen. It's gone on for years and years. The characters are brilliant. The actors in it now obviously moved on to bigger and better things. Actually, one of the actors who um, is in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia owns Wrexham Football Club. Oh, what is in with Ryan Reynolds? Exactly, the two of them. Rob McElhenney is in It's Always Sunny and him and um, Ryan Reynolds bought Wrexham Football Club. Right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go, as we go through this series, I'm going to make a list of stuff from the 90s that I might have missed I need to go back and watch. So Father Ted, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, in the A to Z of the 1990s, F is for Father Ted. Right, Louise, let's get, uh, should we get another guest on? We've had oh some brilliant gosh, guests yes. on so far. Oh, I don't know, I, can't, I, I sort of lose count now, but I know we had Kim Wilde on and it sort of got me thinking about 80s icons and I was like, yeah, let's get a few 80s icons on because the 90s would have been amazing for them. They would have made their money, kicking back, chilling in their success. So I thought, actually, and this did remind me because he, he appears a lot in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, and that is Rick Astley. Rick Astley. Uh, have you ever- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever been Rickrolled, Bush? Is that where you're looking at pornography and then Rick <laughs> Astley comes on? Because if so, yeah. 
Okay, we we'll leave Thing that is, there. If, if, you, if you meet him, you can't let him know that you've been rickrolled. So you have to just be overly nice to him because if you start being a bit kind of sus, then he knows what, you know, he knows what's happened. I know. I don't think it's like exclusively porn, Bush. I think it's like any video. So I For me, it's mainly been pornography. Okay, good to know. But as you know, I'm good friends with him, Bush. You and I have hung out with him together. And isn't yeah. he maybe the nicest man in the entire world? A few things about Rick Astley before we hear what he's got to say. First of all, he doesn't look any different uh, than how he did in the 80s or 90s or whatever. Mm. So I think he's like, we've mentioned this before, but he must have some kind of vial of some serum that he Mm. drinks because that ain't natural. Secondly, he's got the voice of like uh, someone whose pint you might accidentally knock over in uh, like a working men's pub Mm. up north. Right, mate, how's it going? Mm. All right. Mm. Rick Astley here. He doesn't sound anything like what you think. Thirdly, and this is is just a bit of a downer, uh, the last time I saw him, I think he came up to one of the studios yeah. I was working in with you, mm. chatting away to him, lovely guy, lovely guy. And I looked down as he was talking, open-toed sandals with bootcut jeans. And it just freaked me out a little bit. Bush, I wasn't expecting it. He could be forgiven for that because of his unbelievable hair. He's, he's, he's got beautiful hair. The he's hair. got a beautiful outfit. The hair is, it must take, I always think his hair might have be like have a, you know when people put like a wire frame and then lacquer stuff onto yeah, it yeah, with yeah. glue and paper mache. Now I do digress a little bit, but I once saw a guy with a, t- with a t-shirt in Soho saying, Rick Astley built my shed, right? And I was like, that's such a <laughs> random t-shirt. And I said it to Rick and Rick goes, no, 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 no. My parents used to own a shed building company. And when oh, I was word. younger, I did build people's shed. Oh my God, imagine your shed was built by Rick Astley. You would get a t-shirt with that on, wouldn't you? Damn right, I get printed it now. This shed, the shed out of the back of a show me shed, built by Rick Astley. I know you're not going to believe it. I couldn't believe he answered. He was like, yeah, I probably did build a shed. I was like, this is a parallel universe. Anyway, do you want to hear, well, look at you, you've shock on your face, Bush. I can't believe it, I literally can't believe it. Amazing. <laughs> do you want to hear what Rick Astley has to say about the 90s? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> Let's not talk about Catholicism anymore after what you told us about your teacher. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Hi, Louise. Hi, Bush. It's Rick Astley here. Um, My favourite thing about the 90s, it wasn't the 80s. (laughs) Um, I just think we needed a new decade. We needed something fresh, so it was great when we got the 90s. Uh, Obviously, we got some great bands, Oasis, Blur. We had all that going on. Uh, But, yeah, I just think, you know, we needed a new decade, and the 90s was it. So there you go. Lots of love. That voice. Good on him. Isn't he such a nice guy? And and just one more time, that uh, that amazing voice of uh, it sounds like you might be ordering um, like loads of woods or something at like a carpentry place. Four B two, a couple of two B fours, some ply, that kind of. I mean, he's building a shed. That's what he's say, doing. Building sheds. He probably has made that order at a home base at some point. Yeah, he is amazing, and I think he's right. I think the eighties were so. Would would I be right in saying the eighties were quite heady? As in, uh, like, n- narcotics, etc. Yeah, that kind of thing? Just everything. Just there was, a, there was, obviously, the music was so different to the 70s, the clothes, people sort of... There seems to have been a bit of a revolution in the 80s. Uh, would you agree? Or was that... You tell me about the 80s compared to the 90s, Bush. I was only well, I mean, a I, fetus. Thank you. Thank you, Louise. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, for me, the 90s, everything kind of made sense. The 80s, still, some bits of the 80s still look like grimy film of policemen getting their hats knocked off on really hot summer's day and riots and everyone wearing double denim. That's like the 80s for me a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So the 90s was a bit more kind of Britpop and what I know, even though it was, you know, the two decades are side by side. Like, you know, Stone Roses, Fool's Gold or their, al- their album mm. came out in 89. Mm. So essentially it's an 80s record, even though it sounds like a 90s record. Mm. So, but I agree with Rick and it's great to have him on. I'll go chuck another one at you here, yeah. Louise, right? Uh, and this goes back to someone talking about me forgetting to mention Euro 96 in the previous week's episode. Uh, one of the greatest video games of all time 
is a video game called FIFA 98, The Road to the World Cup. Okay. Uh, on PlayStation 2, I believe it was. Uh, so this is obviously going to hit with the Fs here. We're doing uh, Fs in the 80s, of the 90s. Uh, and I don't know, it's a video game that we all sat around at university and played non-stop while smoking fags yep. and drinking beer. So when you were at uni, was there, did you video game amongst your friends or not? Yeah, so I had a boyfriend who played pro-evolution football. So was that like the... Good lad. They're kind of, you're either one or the exactly. other. We used to be FIFA players and then we moved over to pro-evo. Pro so this guy, this guy sounds... I don't, wanna, I don't want in any way uh, put any pressure on your current relationship, but he sounded like a good guy. What, what happened with him? Okay, so... <laughs> in the relationship well I'll tell you about Pro Evo first so basically right. he used to have his friends over on a Thursday Friday night and again smoking loads of fags and whatnots, yeah. and having a few drinks and prone playing Pro Evolution football and I would just be sitting there like a spare basically a spare part so I decided right. that I was going to start playing but I got so good that I would kick all of their asses and I so basically you're good, you're good at- I will I would just hit ec- the green X all the time and it seemed to work and I just had no rhyme or reason to it which is probably kind of a good thing and I just threw myself into it I was like well I'm not sitting here like a spare every Friday night I'm going to start playing pro ev yeah. and so I did and I beat them and they banned me from it Oh, that is so... How petty is that? I know. You could have been a contender. I know. Man, you could be like... An, uh, this. You might not have even been doing this podcast with me. You'd be too busy on the e-gaming circuit. Do you know, do you know what, what I mean? mean? He ruined that for me. So, yeah. So, uh, not only was I a contender, I absolutely whipped their asses. I, do, I love the chaos theory like that because one of my good friends, Paulina, who I used to do a radio show with in Bristol, we got invited by Sky Poker to come along and take part in a poker tournament. So, I tried my best to play. It was useless. Went out in the first round. She went like two or three rounds through... Not knowing what she was doing, didn't understand the rules of poker at all, but no one could work her out because she was so unpredictable. And I guess that would be the the chaos theory that went with your uh, performance. So, yeah, so I was playing Pro Evo and you were playing FIFA. Well, in the A to Z of the 1990s with David Beckham with that beautiful curtains haircut on the front, we should have mentioned him uh, a couple of weeks back. uh, That is the road to the World Cup FIFA 98. I've got one for you, Bush. So um, Uh are you aware of the Fisher Price Grow With Me roller skates? <laughs> Never heard of them before in my life. Okay, so I took a little picture of them for you because I think you need to sort of see them to believe them. So this is what they look like. Right, so these are like proper old school roller skates. Because you see people going past you nowadays in central London and it's like, it looks like a Diet Coke advert and they've got exactly. like full boots no, 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 made no, no, out of them. No, no, no. This is like strapped. This is like they... <laughs> So the beauty of them was they had an extendable kind of base at the end that you could make a little bit longer as your foot grew. So they right. had sort of a, a strap that secured your shoe. So you get into them in your shoes, Bush. Like you wouldn't take what your shoes. What the shoe. hell? So you'd keep it's your shoes. It looks like, um, you know, when you go and get your feet measured and you used to be terrified of it as a kid in Clark's. Yeah. It's like that, but with wheels. Exactly. So you had a, a, a strap that would go over and secured your shoe right into place. A chunky stopper right at the front. Now, if you used it, you would just literally go over onto your face. Absolutely ridiculous. And of course, there was a little click button underneath so you didn't have to hand them down to your brothers and sisters. They literally grew with you bigger and bigger and bigger as you got older. Amazing. Wow. So, I mean, that would be a good idea for normal shoes. Like, you know, obviously our middle daughter, Thea, like literally you buy a pair of shoes for her. She's only like four, but she'll be grown out of them like three weeks later. They should incorporate that technology into not just children's shoes, but adult shoes as well. What about that? You're so right. You're so right. But there's like a really specific noise that I can't do but I can remember from these skates on the pavement they were absolute death traps but very very cool and I really really wanted to pair back in the 90s well there you go in the A to Z of the 1990s F is for say it again Lomo Fisher Price growth me skates (laughs) if you remember them drop us a tweet
at Bush on the Radio. Right, a couple of other ones that people, you lovely people, you amazing listeners have been sending in. Uh, Malden on Twitter says, you've got to mention Friends. Are you a big fan, Friends fan? The only thing with Friends, right, it reminds me of having a hangover during university times where you just sit and watch it out of... Like, I'd never think in a million years of, of watching stuff out of sequence now. Like, as if you go and watch Breaking Bad and go episode one, episode 18, episode four. But back in the day with Friends, a lot of people have suggested Fraser as well, which is a fantastic mm. programme from the mm. 90s. But again, it's just always on when you're, when you're hungover after university. So even when I watch it now on a Sunday, I feel like I'm in tracky bottoms and not making the best of the day. Do you know what I mean? I do. Now, but the thing is, for me, it came up in 1994. It started in 1994 went on for 10 years and this was the moment to talk about on a Tuesday because it was on on a Monday in Ireland anyway it was on on a Monday and Tuesday was all about what had happened in Friends the night before Uh, in primary school I'm talking about kind of you know fourth, fifth, sixth class and of course the Rachel Aniston haircut was amazing every girl (laughs) in my class had that every single girl um so there's a lot to, a lot to unpack about Friends. Like they had the reunion recently and some of them are faring better than others. It's weirdly weird that Lisa Kudrow, who's had the least amount of stuff, if anything, done, looks the best but that's out of a lot of them. It? Isn't always Leave the way. There's a warning alone, for the future. People. Leave your flipping face alone. Now, I was going to ask you which one did you, the one that you had, any of the ones that you had the hots on out of them, but haven't you been for food, for dinner with one of them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did have the hots for Chandler. I just thought he was hilarious back in the day. And then a few years ago, I ended up working with him in London and we worked together for uh-huh. about a month on a few radio shows. So we wrote some radio shows together and he presented them. Ooh. And then at the end, yeah, he brought me out for dinner to say thank you. Is he a nice guy, Matthew Perry? Is he a nice fella? Such a surreal experience, Bush. Like, I'm not going to give too much away, but like, obviously it was very strange being at dinner with Chandler Bing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When, would you, were you tempted to call him Chandler? I, I think I would call him Chandler. Of course I was. <laughs> but no, I'd worked with him for quite a bit that month, so I was sort of used to it. He's really, really, really sweet. Um, and it's just weird when you go anywhere with him, the whole room turns around and looks at him, you know, because he's such yeah. a huge American star. Um, but I think the strangest thing about it was that we went for dinner and he ordered, like, I was so excited about the food. <laughs> I was like, starter main course dessert and uh, he ordered a starter and then he ordered the exact same starter for his main course so we had the same thing for a starter and the same thing for his main course that's uh, that's a red flag that's psychopathic behaviour isn't it I think that's quite strange as well he also smoked a lot so we were always up and down from the dinner table just constantly going out for smokes so that felt quite strange as well but yeah he was really really sweet but like just not of our planet Bush just not on our planet like so look, if you're listening to this now and you've been out for dinner with a celebrity, tell us about it. You yeah. can tweet me at Bush on the radio or there's a separate thing that we can come back to. If you at any point in your life had ordered a starter and a main, it's the same thing twice. Please get in touch about that as well. In the A to Z of the 1990s, absolutely right, Friends and Frasier. I did text him recently to see if he'd come on the uh, A to Z of the 90s podcast. And oh, he yes, said he's yeah. not having a great time at the moment, but he will if he feels better in the next few months. So watch this space. God. He must have had a right old shocker with you then if, if he's still feeling it all those years on. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space. Okay. Do you want another one, Bush? Go on, hit me. This is a small one, but I feel like it has to be in there, right? And that is the floppy hat. And the reason I'm bringing the floppy hat in is... What the fuck is the floppy hat? Okay, so a floppy hat, My I'll describe mine to you. Mine was a black velvet hat with like a floppy sort of nearly like wave beside it and I had a big velvet 
flower on the front. Now, I thought this velvet hat was the coolest thing ever. I wore it in summer. I wore it in winter. I wore it with shorts. I wore it with coats. I wore it with everything. And I got to say, like, do you remember Blossom from back in the 90s, the programme Blossom? It's the girl that's now in the programme I hate more than anything on this planet, um, um, the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. She was in the Big Bang Theory. Oh, is she in that as well? Okay, yeah. But she was always in a floppy hat back in the 90s. So if you can imagine her, you'll know exactly what a floppy hat is. So yeah, you may not have worn one bush, but floppy hats were huge for girls back in the 90s. I'm thinking, uh, you remember Lisa Stansfield when she was looking around the world because she couldn't find her baby? I don't know if she ever found her baby. Was that, like again, there's a couple of these in the 90s where you had Ace of Base, all that she wants is another baby. It's that, I don't know whether that's like a baby child or another, like, grown up. Yeah. And then you had, uh, she was looking around, going around the world looking for a baby. I didn't know whether Lisa was talking about a child or just a fella that she was in a relationship Very irresponsible um, mother, though, if she's lost her baby somewhere in the world. Well, I mean, you think, you know, fair enough, like, uh, not, not even fair enough, but like, in the vicinity, in a park, something like that. But uh, in the entire world, Lisa. I know. You need to have a long, hard look at yourself. It is too much. In the A to Z of the 1990s, F indeed is for floppy hats. Now, here's a weird one that's been suggested by a listener called Andy. Uh, And again, I always tick the explicit button on this uh, podcast because sometimes there is some blue language in there. And he has got a point. He says F is also for fingering. Which is a big thing from this era as well. Do you know what I mean? It's so a big thing um, in every era. I don't know. I feel like the nineties was a big, a big time for fingering. Okay. And overall. Wh- and so, what was your experience of that in the nineties, Bush? <laughs> I can't really, I can't really go into it. But uh, it was, it was just a lot of that going on in the nineties. I feel bad even saying this now. Like I've, um, I've, I've said, I've gone too far. But I just felt like Andy had a point. I sort of wanted to get it down on record. I mean, you're listening to this now and you think I don't agree with it. The 90s wasn't all about fingering. Then get in touch on Twitter at Bush on the radio and just put me right. Do you know what I mean? It was definitely all about fingering, in fairness. It was. In the A to Z of the 90s, it's definitely about fingering. (laughs) Right then, we're running out of time. So here are some of the other ones that people have suggested just to get your initial thoughts on these other Fs from the 1990s. Furbies. I think they might have popped up in the 80s, but they were still going strong in the 90s as they are present day. Little furry animals with weird follow-you-around-the-room eyes that can talk to each other. Very creepy, Bush. I don't really want to discuss them too much. I don't. I want to be able to sleep tonight, and I find them deeply, deeply unsettling. It's weird that they chat to each other, though, isn't it? Like, oh, they're, you horrific. know, if you put them next to each other, they're like plot about how they're going to get you or take your eyes out in the middle of the night. Football Italia, says someone else, which was an iconic uh, programme during the 1990s where, I can't remember the name of the journalist, but he had this lush job of being able to sit in an Italian cafe and talk about the week's Italian football. But the intro music was just an amazing thing. I can still hear it now. Golaccio! Can you say Golacho there, Louise, for me? Golacho! Exactly it. That's exactly how it sounded. Uh, Colin says, uh, the false start in the 1993 Grand National. Do you remember that? The fella got his gun timing wrong and all the horses went everywhere. Absolutely brilliant. That was a great moment from the 90s. And then finally, uh, I don't know who said it. I've not written his name down. But um, someone suggested Fabio and the other 90s supermodels with great big long hair. Like, like the mane of a horse. Beautiful absolutely beautiful well listen we've run out of time that is another episode of the a to z of the 90s in the bag we love your suggestions keep them coming in if you you've got any angle on any of the stuff we've talked about today uh, particularly um chandler from friends ordering a starter and then the exact same starter as his main which is going to take me a while to get over and rick astley building sheds before he got into music that's also uh, going to stay with me for a long time uh, you know how to get in touch with us 
at Bush on the radio on Twitter uh, or Andy Bush radio on Instagram. Ross Ramsey Golding is the producer of this show. We love you for listening. And Louise and I will see you next week as we tackle G. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.